Welcome to the Haunted Hangover Podcast. I'm Louie, and as always, I'm joined by my bud, Dave. Hey. And we're joined by a special guest, Luce, from It's Always Halloween Podcast. Welcome to the show, Luce. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, gentlemen. I'm happy to be here. It's a pleasure. Oh, I thank you. So before we get into today's topic, tell us a little bit about the It's Always Halloween Podcast. My pleasure. So It's Always Halloween is a year-round Halloween podcast. It's a deep dive into Halloween history. So it is just me. I do a fully uh, researched podcast where it's not just the internet. I read scholarly articles. I read books. And I put together um, basically a deep dive episode. But they're short little bite-sized episodes. So they're anywhere from 7 minutes to 20 minutes on a topic. And right now I'm about to start a brand new chapter on witches, which is going to be probably cover about five to seven episodes. And then along with that, I do a weekly call-in episode that is a little more laid back and chatty where um, people can call the All Hallows hotline and leave messages about like their Halloween memories, if they need any advice, if they've got good like costume ideas, if they have like recommendations for movies or books. And um, they can also write in. So it's kind of like a curated uh, episode of like calls and letters and a little bit more chattiness. So it's two episodes a week, one history, and then one laid back, uh, kind of community centered one. This show is always laid back. So <laughs> <laughs> I know it makes it sound like my other one's like very tense. It's not, it's, I'm a comedian also. So the history episodes are, I can't help myself. There's lots of jokes in it as well. So it's not, <laughs> it's not like school. I promise you it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I give you a lot of props. Your your show is super informative and it's like Aww. it's just it's great to have a show that teaches you so much when it comes to like the holiday of Halloween. Like you just you just learn so much. There's things I learned from listening to your show, like that I had no idea, but like I I had no clue that's what went into specific aspects of Halloween. Like you recently did an entire show, I think, on the was it Beastle, the Beastle, the yes. old school like Halloween decorations? And it was like super informative. I was like, I was super, I was like, wow, I'm impressed. This is, this is awesome. Thank you. <laughs> There's so much stuff out there that I don't think people have really researched before. And like the connection that I found between Denison and, and Beistel, their whole thing, they essentially are the reason we celebrate Halloween the way that we do. There were not Halloween decorations before those two companies. And like, they are like the orange and the black and they're the ones who created the modern image of the witch and the skeleton. So we owe them like a debt of gratitude to basically change. That's the Halloween we have because of them. So that was a really fascinating dive. Yeah, if you you love Halloween, you you definitely have have to check out the show. It's again, a lot of props because Thank you so much. <laughs> I could tell I could tell you put a lot of work into into your show and it's it's again very impressive. Thank you. Well, I'm a little Lisa Simpson my whole life. I've always been like, why? I want to know why. And so <laughs> I just pick topics and things that I'm like, why do we do this? It's I love traditions. I love parties. I love everything that has to do with Halloween. But there's an extent where I'm just like, we just do this every year. But like, where did all this stuff come from? Why are we doing this? You know? <laughs> And when it comes to Halloween, like what is it about the holiday that's important to you? Why is it so special to you? 
Um, well, I think with Halloween, there's always that um, connection to childhood. And I have just loved it since I was a little girl. I can't remember a time where I wasn't obsessed with it. And you can see looking at pictures of me as like a two or a three-year-old in my costumes where I look just as like insanely gleeful <laughs> as I do as an adult. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm doing it. Um, I think it's like... I think that life is like very drab, like the world uh, is beautiful and interesting and other people are interesting, but day to day life is very rote. And um, I love holidays in general because it feels like this opportunity to break free from like the normal things you're doing all the time. And then Halloween, especially like it's it's all about being scared and about things being ugly and strange and outside of the norm. And I think life actually is really ugly and strange and bizarre, but people are constantly trying to tamp it down and act like we're all very normal, which is absurd. <laughs> so Halloween feels like the truth to me, you know? And so I feel like when it's Halloween, it's like, yes, the world is bizarre and absurd and nothing makes sense. And people are ugly and mean sometimes. And like, let's just show it. You know, <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> and it's just it's silly. It's fun, too. You know, absolutely. You know, it's funny Um, on my on my photography website. I have different categories of the photos that I the kind of photos that I take. And the more like kind of fucking weird, like bizarro photos that I take. It's called the world is strange and there's pain all around. That's what I call that. Yes. That's like that specific type of because it's true. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, and it, it doesn't benefit us to Yes, exactly. It doesn't benefit anyone to be like, it's great. Everything's good. Very good, good. It, that creates a divide between people. We're like not able to connect when we act like everything's fine because that's like, like a lie. It puts a wall between all exactly. of us. I love that. I love that you put it that way. And I like the that one thing you just said, like saying that the re real life is kind of scary and Halloween is like the time of year where everyone can be scary. And it's kind of, there's like a, 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 a fantasy element to it and how most people that love Halloween like us can kind of use the holiday to kind of forget about all that nonsense. It's like, and I think we've mentioned that Dave and I have talked about it, how it's an escape and it's kind of not even an escape, but more so you feel like that's your month or months because we say Halloween kind of starts <laughs> in September all year round technically for us, but it <laughs> yeah, just, it's just, like, yeah. <laughs> It just feels like the norm, you know, during mm -hmm. that time of the year. And, and again, you can escape to a haunt or decorate your house or your apartment to look like, like there's a zombie on the lawn. That's always <laughs> what I use, a zombie on your lawn. Yeah. Like, and that's, norm, that's normal, you know? So, and uh, one other thing I want to touch on, uh, Luce, it's I know you're a filmmaker as well, and you and I have that in common. That's true. And I know you, uh, mm -hmm. is it, it's hard. I think I watched actually one of your shorts. I think you sent it to me a few months ago. Oh, uh, messed up. Yeah, and, and it's horror specifically, right? You yeah, it's a horror a comedy. Horror. Mm -hmm. Yeah, talk about that a little bit. Yes, uh, I love messed up. It's actually... Um, a horror comedy because my background is also, as I said, I'm a comedian. I've been doing stand-up for 10 years, but I've also been a lifelong horror lover. And it's my favorite genre because, again, I think that the world is absurd. And I love the mashup of, like, the terror of the real world and how absurd that terror is at the same time. And I don't love horror that's super serious because I, I just, I can't. I think even the worst things that have happened to me 
I can't get through them without laughing. And so watching like a two hour, extremely serious horror movie, I'm just like, these people need to lighten up. So (laughs) I um, messed up is about a woman who lives in a very messy apartment. And when a serial killer breaks in, it's the only thing standing between her and his rampage. So... (laughs) It's a, a sl- it's got a slapstick element. It's like a very inspired by you know classic slasher home invasion type movies because my biggest fear is being murdered, and it really just came out of being kind of a messy uh, person, not uh, dirty as much as a stacker. I love physical media. I love you know toys, books, all kinds of. I'm sure all the same stuff that your listeners collect. But I've always lived in the city, so I don't have a lot of space. So there's stacks of cool shit everywhere. Oh. I'm a maximalist. I can relate really, really well to this because my room Both of us is can. books, cassettes, records, and VHS stacks everywhere. Yes, I don't have oh my room. God. Do we live in the same house? Are you under one we of might. my stacks and I didn't know it? We might. The struggle, the struggle is, is real when it comes to uh, collecting... Uh, things right so and you don't have a lot of space yes so i've always fantasized because i'm like well i i'm not great with hand-to-hand combat that i know of i've never been under pressure um but my place is kind of a fun maze and i could get out and another person might get trapped so that's essentially like it's like a mouse so, trap so with true. junk <laughs> it's so true because you know how to maneuver around everything because you're used to being in this in this dwelling space where, okay, this is here, this is there, this is there. And then you know how to get around it. But other people exactly. are like, how do you get around this? Right. And I know where everything is. I'm always like, it's a delicate system. Like That's I amazing. can find everything. It's not really a mess. I, lo- I love it. I find it comforting. Not in like a mental illness kind of way. Bless those people. That is a difficult life. But like, I know I could see the floor. I know where things are. I don't have newspapers from the 70s. I am very happy you just said all this because that's exactly how I feel about it. <laughs> I love that. Or- we organized chaos. Them. Yes. That's exactly what it is. Organized chaos. It soothes me. Like when I'm, I hate that minimalism has been such a trend over the last 10 years. I think it is absolutely absurd and such a weird thing to brag about. Like I own nothing. It's like something only rich people can say. You know, if you're poor, you don't want to brag about not having anything. So rich people are like, I have nothing. I'm amazing. But I think that's so, I don't know. It's so bland. It's boring. There's not, when I go to someone's house, there's nothing to look at. I'm like, okay, well, what, what's going on in your life? Like (laughs) there's nothing to start a conversation about. (laughs) Do you like anything? 100%. So, one hundred percent. So, I made a movie about that, all of that, and it's a horror movie. <laughs> so, since we all have a love for Halloween and movies, I thought it would be fun for us to each pick a Halloween scene from a non-Halloween movie or a spooky scene that fits Halloween, because Dave usually chooses something out of the ordinary. <laughs> That's my mo. So. <laughs> Uh, for me, it's just I've always like loved when a movie that isn't necessarily horror has a Halloween scene in it because it shows how important the holiday is in pop culture. So just seeing like a random Halloween scene pop up in a drama or a comedy is just always cool to me. Do you guys get get as excited as I do when it comes to uh Halloween scenes in movies. It's thrilling. I because it's like a treat. It's like if you bite into something and you don't know it's going to have peanut butter in it. 
you know, if you're like, this is regular chocolate, and then it's like, no, it's chocolate with peanut butter. (laughs) Like, it's just so thrilling. (laughs) That's a a good example. (laughs) It's like, you know what? I think I can use a good example. Um, When we covered Over the Garden Wall, when I was watching that, and again, spoiler alert, I'm going to give it a few seconds. Stop listening if you haven't seen it. (laughs) Skip ahead. (laughs) Okay. When I was watching that, and I finally saw, like, the episode before the last takes place on Halloween, I was just, like, crazy. I was like, holy shit. Brilliant. I was like, this is, mm-hmm. what? An incredible what? reveal. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What, like, a splendid way to throw in one of the best, you know, the best day ever. Well, it's actually Devil's Night, but still. Because well, um, you think you're watching, like... You know you're watching a bizarre world, then that world is real, but you think they're a part of it, but then they're, they're, turns out they're not actually a part of that. They're a part of the real so world, good. and they're just wearing Halloween costume. It's an, it's brilliant. I'm obsessed so with good. that show. I watched that, and I was like, was this made just for me? That's, <laughs> <laughs> no, so good. I'm, it's... it's, it's uh, I love I love when I meet people that, that love it, because I, I, I haven't met that many people... I shouldn't say that. I, I haven't come across that many people that love Over the Garden Wall. So it's so nice to, to see that you love it too. Oh, it's. I wish everything was Over the Garden Wall. Do you guys have stuff like that that you love where you're just like, what if there wasn't any new things and everything that came out was just this one thing that I love? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I didn't know what Over the Garden Wall was until Dave recommended it, which is crazy that it completely just passed me by. Like, I didn't know it existed. Same. So when so when we watched it and like the big reveal is it's set on Halloween, even though you can't tell throughout the entire film, except for that one episode with the with the jack Right. It's more it's yeah. more so fall yes. themed than yes. it is. But when that when Halloween that reveal theme. happens, mm-hmm. again, mind blowing. You're like oh shit. Really? They almost died on yeah. Halloween and that's what's going on right uh. now. So it's so cool. Yep. I had a, I uh, used to be a nanny for a long time when I moved to LA. And one of the girls that I took care of was like, do you like over the garden wall? She's like six. That's amazing. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, most of the time, you know, I don't know how many kids are in your life, but kids will recommend things to you. And you're like, blow my brains out. Like, I don't want to watch your dumb shit. But like this, I was like, okay, I'll humor her. Cause she's like, you love Halloween. It's about Halloween. And I was like, sure. I bet. And we watch it though. And I'm like, <gasps> I just, I'm like, shut up, shut up. We're watching. And I just like forced this child to watch it with me for like the entire time we were together. <laughs> You're indebted to this child now. Oh, I am. She totally, I was like, this is my favorite thing. And I was also like, this is terrifying. I could not have watched this when I was six. The beast, like the eyes, like so yeah. scary. And that's they're just shit like, for a kid. Oh my God. I couldn't handle Watership Down as a kid. Oh, yeah, I don't that's know a, how that's a, that's to a, watch that's a, that's a brutal one too. Holy shit. So Luce, since you're our guest, hit us with your first pick. you scared little boy I'm going to drink your blood you're not a real vampire those teeth don't frighten me how about these hey how'd you do that dentures lost my pearlies in the war Okay, I had a really difficult time with this. You guys know I sent you like three options and I whittled it down to Ed Wood, 
by Tim Burton, starring Johnny Depp, Martin Landau, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. Everybody is in this movie. Patricia Arquette. Um, I haven't watched this movie since I was a kid, actually. And I rewatched it in preparation for this. And this is one of the greatest movies ever made. <laughs> like, I did not appreciate it, I don't think, when I was younger. And now, after living in L.A. and working on my own short films, I'm just like, oh, this is the movie about filmmaking and monsters. So it's it's got a creepy vibe. It's not a Halloween movie, It's but it's got a really good, uh, sort of like Over the Garden Wall, where you're like, ooh, this is atmospheric, you know? So I think it would be good, the whole movie, during Halloween. But it's got this incredible scene where um, Ed Wood is sitting with Bella Lugosi, who plays, uh, you know, Dracula, classic monster movies. And they've, bef he's, they've befriended each other, and they're hanging out on Halloween night watching Dracula, his movie, on Vampira's monster show. And it's so great. The scene opens up like with kids running across the street in their uh, trick-or-treating costumes. And there's a witch, a ghost, and a cowboy, which like it just is beyond classic, you know? And then it goes to them watching the, the scene. And then they're sort of teasing each other. They're talking about how hot Vampira is. And then there's a really great scene where Bella Lugosi tries to scare the kids who come trick-or-treating. And it's just, I mean, can you imagine trick-or-treating and then, like, a horror icon opens the door? Like, you're at Robert England's door, you know? Yeah. Like, when we were kids, that's essentially the same. Like, It's like, hey. Oh, my gosh. What I, <laughs> what I love about that scene is, at this point, like, Bella Lugosi is, like, retired. Mm -hmm. And no one takes him serious except for Ed Wood. Adores and the him. the whole plot of the film is, is him making these really low-budget films and, like, kind of failing because they're all terrible if you know about and i love ed wood the, the film ed wood and i love ed wood as a filmmaker like mm -hmm. the actual person but like no one at this point takes bella lugosi serious and these kids like you mentioned the trick-or-treaters knock on the door and you can you, you see bella lugosi like get all excited stand up <laughs> run over grab his cape throw it on over his shoulders he, he like opens the door he's got the fangs on raises his arms like with the cape and the kids are like what the fuck they're not even scared of like him. one runs away and the other <laughs> yeah. ones are like okay, yeah buddy well, the one kid yes, yes the <laughs> one kid is like just standing there like you're not scary dude and then i love how ed wood i forget i think he lost his teeth yeah because he was army. in yeah he yeah. was in the war and in yeah, world yeah. war ii so he has some fake yeah. teeth along his <laughs> front of his mouth <laughs> he's got he's got fake teeth yeah, and he pulls them out and the kid like i love how that's what scares him <laughs> not the dude that is dracula so it's just a it's, it's just a great scene it's so great because the bell goes he's like how did you do that and he explains <laughs> he's like oh i love it like <laughs> they're like playing <laughs> off of each other and it's so fun because when he well, the scene you're talking about where he like pulls on the cape, he goes, yeah. I love children. <laughs> it's such a hilarious scene. And I love the idea of this man just being so like, that's me in that scene where I just, I love trigger. I love giving kids candy on, on trick or treating and like the, scaring them though is my ultimate, but, but because I love them, I want to scare them, you know? <laughs> it's like, look kid, this'll, this'll toughen you up. If I run out wearing like a sc like scary makeup or like a scary mask, like, this will toughen you yeah, up. Yeah, pop out. <laughs> we you think I'm coming out the door, but I'm coming out the window, you know. <laughs> so so just to touch on what you were saying, how you love to scare kids on Halloween or scare people on Halloween. Um, something that I I mean, I don't really do it anymore because not a lot of we don't get a lot of trick-or-treaters where I live. 
Um, and I know I mentioned this before on the show, but I live in a very weird block where it's half industrial, half suburbia. So there's like maybe five trick-or-treaters at most. But one year, I had a group of kids, probably like nine or ten. And the kid just comes up to me and he just opens his bag. And I said, what do you say? <laughs> and he <laughs> didn't say trick-or-treat. And I'm like, are you serious? He wouldn't say it. And I don't think he, he knew what, like, I don't think he knew it. Like, I don't think, like, no. like he was, like, aware of that's the, you know, that, like, this is the tradition. You say trick-or-treat if you want candy. And uh, he's just, like... Like, looked mad at me, because I'm trying to tell you, say trick or treat. You're not doing no it right. No trick or treat, no <laughs> candy. And I, just, I just, and I just freaking, and I just fucking left the, I just gave the kid candy. But nowadays, I just leave a plate, I just leave a plate uh, of candy on the steps. And I usually write some weird note just to make them, you know, just to, just to, just to offset the, the, the beautiful day a little bit. Just to, just to have them be like, what? But, um. You're being one, watched. One thing, one thing that I like about that scene is when he's doing a little hand movement and he's like, and then, and then Johnny Depp's uh, Edwards like mimicking him. And he's like, mm -hmm. how do you do that? He goes, you got to be double jointed <laughs> and Hungarian. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and Hungarian. <laughs> That's such a great scene. I really feel like it shows how they're French because it's in the beginning of their friendship. And so it's showing like how much love Edward has for him, how much he admires him. And just, like, how comfortable and close they are together. Like, they're really made for each other. And I think that this Halloween scene shows that. And I think that's true in real life. Like, when you find somebody that you can bond over the intricacies of horror and Halloween, like, it's almost like a soul connection, yeah. you know, where you're like, I know you. <laughs> 100%. And going back to that, like, the, the just the setup of the scene, I love how it's just the two of them sitting on his couch and the only light, if I remember correctly, is coming from the TV. So it yes. just reminds me of like being a kid and like watching Absolutely. like Monster Vision or something like that late at night on Halloween or around Halloween or just watching a horror film. Like you never turn the lights on. You just sit there no. in the darkness watching a horror film on Halloween. Like it's just <laughs> like Tim Burton, like he captured that, that, that setup and that atmosphere Perfectly. Perfectly. I agree. Yeah, it's really good. Well, and I should mention, too, for our uh, listeners who haven't seen it, it's in black and white to recall, you know, Ed Wood's films. And so and it's beautifully shot and the grading is really incredible and sharp. And so the way that the TV hits their faces, like and some of them are in the shadows. And so it has that feeling, which I think is really magical on and around Halloween, where everything is scary. Like everything feels a little scarier, like anything could happen at any moment. And I love the like, always movies within movies are really fun to me as well. And I think that what's great about a Halloween scene in a movie is when they can capture what it is like to celebrate Halloween. You know, it's it's not just the imagery. Anybody can put imagery and costumes in movies. And I think we've probably all seen things where you're like, that was fun, but it's not giving me that feeling, yes, you know? Yes. <laughs> And this is like capturing the Halloween essence of like, because this is in high school, my friends would and I would watch horror movies on Halloween together. And I was just, even if it was just one of us, just like that, we were like curled up, you got a blanket on, you're in a corner, everything feels extra scary and like the doorbell rings and it's terrifying. <laughs> so, you know what? I actually want to ask you a question. So 
it, so when when you were so in high school, mm-hmm. you were were you living it? You weren't living in LA, right? No, I grew up outside of Cleveland, okay. Ohio. So I'm very curious as to how Halloween was as a teenager for you during during that time period. Oh, I loved it. So we got a ton of trick-or-treaters in our neighborhood. And so uh, the first few years after I I trick-or-treated all the way through eighth grade, so I was 14. So freshman year when I was 15, I didn't trick-or-treat anymore. But my friends, we all came over and we do really scary, like bloody makeup. And we had, we do this whole scene in our front yard and then scare children. And then we watch movies after. Yeah, it was ideal. We used to count how many kids we could make scream and how many kids we could make cry. And then we'd try to win. Whoever could do it the most, everybody would keep track of the amount of kids they freaked out. Right. And then somebody would like win and then we'd buy them something. And it was like a little contest. The reason why I ask is because I feel demographically it's different in different, you know, in different regions, Mm -hmm. you know, where we are. So it's like for me, and I know I said it many a times, like, there's a lot, lot of bad kids around. So there was all these fucking punk, kid, punk kids running around. You know, we were getting into fights with people. We were oh, like, oh, not no. fights, not like fist fights, but like, oh, okay, like, war, <laughs> like wars, like with like eggs and shaving cream. There was bad kids driving around egging people. That's how it was over here. Like, it wasn't like yes, there was your typical kids out trick or treating and whatnot, but we had that element too. And, wow. you know, I was just kind of curious, like, maybe if that was a thing where you were. So, I, you know, that's... not in Elyria, Ohio. I mean, not in my <laughs> section of Elyria, not on the north side of Elyria. <laughs> okay. um, you know, that's stuff I always saw on TV. And I was like, huh, I don't we don't do that. And maybe there were some kids doing that. But I <laughs> I loved Halloween, so I never wanted to be shitty on Halloween? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> where I was like, I, I like everything that I'm doing. If I could, I talk about this on my podcast where I'm like, I don't think there should be an age limit to trick-or-treating. If I could have trick-or-treated no. through high school, I would have. We, did, I we could, still did. That's what I said Oh, recently. man, my mom would not allow it. My mom was so strict with teenagers would come to the door unless they had a really good costume and they were really committed to it. That's fair. But, yeah, but that's what I'm like, come on. There's people who would not want to do it at certain ages it's not like there wouldn't be anyone at home to give out candy you know like some people just wouldn't do it so let there not be an age limit you can do it or not do it just like have fun i don't think rules and restrictions are good for halloween so, so <laughs> what one last and listen i know we already told you i go off on tangents and this is what i'm doing right now so i love them on my favorite topic i could do this all day this is a five-hour so, podcast right <laughs> it might be so it goes back to what you were saying about or what we were talking about of how the world isn't this amazing place and how people use Halloween to escape. But at the same time, it just kind of doubles down sometimes as the world being, you know, the fucked up place because people are just going to be extra fucked up doing, you know, doing the stuff, doing the stuff that I was telling you. Like, you know what I mean? It's. It's, I don't know, it's, it's interesting to think about. Um, there are assholes that, that can ruin it for uh, the rest of us. So. Right, but I'm saying that that will be extra shitty that they're already shitty. So, mm-hmm. and, the, and the one last thing I'm going to ask is, was Devil's Night a thing for you? Or is it a thing? Um, it's a thing that I heard about. It's not a thing that we did that I know of, but I know oh, a lot so of people who did that in Ohio. And because I'm only about an hour, hour and a half from Detroit. So it's like, okay. I knew that was a thing in a lot of my Michigan friends uh, grew up doing that. And I went to school in Toledo. So 
people were into it in Toledo because it's just over the border from Detroit. Right. So I just the whole the whole aspect of it being a thing, especially just being an hour away or like it's just so it's just so wild to me that it's it's crazy. I actually did a whole episode uh, called Halloween Eve that I released on Halloween Eve since, uh, you know, Friday night. Um, and my episodes uh, come out on Fridays, Tuesdays and Fridays. Um this so it was all about how actually all throughout the country there are different names for that night and some mm-hmm. places call it goosey night never heard that um Love and it. yeah <laughs> and i did yeah i did but i did a whole episode called halloween eve that you know if people want to they can check out and i could send to you guys um where people were calling in talking about the different nights i that need to hear that one yeah and it was really interesting because i had just thought Devil's Night was Detroit and Toledo, and so it was cool to hear uh, it be called different things. Mischief Night in certain Mischief places. Mischief Night, yeah, those are the two big ones. Yeah, and I saw a, a, um, a map recently that was inaccurate that was like, oh, they only do it in this part of the country, and I was like, no. I deep dove this, and there's pockets. There's weird little pockets because there was stuff in, like, Colorado. It's, I think it's like people move, right? So like a family is like, I'm from Detroit or I'm from Jersey and they move and then they take it to like their new place. And so that, that, that's really how Halloween traditions has happened is they've just been moved across the world and like dispersed to where those people disperse to. It's really fascinating how cultures blossom like that. Um, but yeah, I never did anything like that on Halloween. I did have my pumpkin stolen as a kid and smashed and that devastated me i was probably like six or seven and they smashed our jack-o'-lanterns in the street and it was just like oh i was i couldn't i was like why Why horrible horrible children (laughs) that exist devastated i (laughs) think it's one thing to get in a fight with other people or be like like you were saying like it's like teens throwing eggs or even toilet papering is an annoying thing but you can clean it up but to to wreck other people's property i think is really disgusting and selfish because it's like you can get into some shenanigans but like it's terrible don't fuck things up for children that's my thing. The line is that's at children true. for me. It does. It, it does. It does mess up I, things I, for kids. It does. <laughs> I, uh, I recently on our Q and A show, someone submitted a question asking like if we ever. Oh yeah. Did anything like that, like egg houses, TP trees, and cars and stuff? And I said, it's just mean spirited. Like yes. I never did it. Dave did. There's a difference there, but I just was like, <laughs> why like, would you want to like hurt someone's I, I, feelings I or? Like, like, look, kids, you want to egg each other, TP each other, go for it. Just yeah. leave the jack-o'-lanterns alone. But leave absolutely. the decorations alone. It, it Don't was, fuck with those that things. That was a part of it. Like, it was part of the of the Halloween for us. Like, it didn't matter. Yes, we went trick-or-treating, but we were also going out egging. Like, that was always part of the agenda. Like, it didn't matter any year. Did you egg people you knew? Yeah, it would, look, 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 look. I, I, I'm gonna, uh, let me rephrase. We weren't like going around egging random kids. No, it was it was between like us, but there were people though doing that. That's what I'm trying to say. It's right. like my group of friends. You. We weren't we were being malicious to each other. Right. <laughs> we, you know, we, we weren't we weren't going out and bullying other people, but there were other people going out and doing that. And what I'm saying is, I know I brought it up before. Was there was one kid that uh, he was driving around in his car and he had a convertible and he was he was really wrecking kids with um with eggs and what it an was uh, <laughs> yeah it was it was horrible so like we yeah we had pe- you know we had people like that so like I was saying trick or treating all the all kinds of that all of that was always part of the agenda but also egging 
shaving cream, toilet paper. Mischief was part of it too. It, that's just went hand in hand with us. Maybe it's just, it, again, a regional thing like where we are, but like that's what it was for us. It's tricks. That's the other part of that's yeah. trick or treat. Perfect. Tricks. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you're wrong. I think that pranks can be fun when everyone's like consenting. Even everyone's like, yeah, let's get crazy together. <laughs> let's like fuck with each other. I don't, I just don't like it when it's like, surprise, you're not involved. I'm always, I don't like being pranked personally, but I would get into pranking another person. But so I'm always like, don't prank me. Don't fuck with me. Like I, it's going to freak me out too much. I don't like it. But um, I think if it's like, you know, something people want to do together, but you're right. There's just, there's assholes in the world. The world has darkness. So of course there's going to be that asshole element to Halloween, just like there is, there's the asshole element to Christmas, you know, where people are like, this is a great time to steal things from people. You know, that, that, the, the darkness of our world is what allows the lightness of our world. And, you know, you want everyone to be operating at their best. It's an impossible thing to control, but we get to enjoy the good parts so much more because we know how awful things can be. So I don't know. I try to look at it like that because we can't control uh, the, you know, chaotic element of our society. It's always going to be there. <laughs> Very well said. <laughs> every day, on every street, in every city, women are insulted, abused, threatened. So my pick is the 1981 film Ms. 45. Uh, this was directed by Abel Ferreira. Uh, he directed movies like King of New York, Bad Lieutenant, The Driller Killer. I don't know if you guys know that one. <laughs> real, oh, yeah. real king, real king in New York City sleeps. Yeah, he, yeah, really he is. loves. He's. I think he's. I think he's from New York. So all of his. I think films he is. I'm pretty sure he's take place in New York City. A native and, you know, New Yorker. Be, yeah, being from New York. I've always loved his movies, and um, this is probably one of my favorite films of his. So before I go into my my favorite Halloween scene from this movie, I'll, I'll give you guys a, a quick, brief synopsis, because the movie is pretty dark and fucked up. So, so basically, in a nutshell... The movie's about a mute seamstress by the name of Thana. She's brutally raped twice heading home from work. And in the process, she kills one of these rapists and takes his 45 caliber pistol and begins a killing spree of her own, killing several men uh, in the process. Uh, you don't know if they, these guys are complete garbage or not. Some of them are obviously terrible people. But as you're watching the film, you start. she starts to kind of lose track of her own reasons behind doing this. And kind of starts just murdering people. Again, very dark subject, this entire movie. Uh, but it all culminates at a Halloween party at the end. And that's what I'm specifically going to talk about so real quick though i do want to recommend this movie if you haven't seen it uh if you're easily offended <laughs> uh, uh you know with certain subject matter maybe stay away from it 
but I think it's a it's a well crafted movie. It's very well made. It's, it is. Exploitation of the time, 1981. New York looks like complete shit, like what it used to look <laughs> like. <laughs> and I, I just good. I think it's a good representation of what New York was, and like the whole like garment district and you know Lower East Side and just New York when it was very gritty. Yeah, so, you know, I want to say one thing. Um, I'm pretty sure Abel Ferreira is one of the uh, rapists in the movie. Um, oh, is he? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's one of them, yeah. And uh, also, it's kind of tragic what happened to the actress, Zoe Lund, because oh, yeah. she died of, uh, she died of um, heart problems, I think, due to a lot of drug use. Yeah, she That's was a massive, was just, like, yeah. cocaine and heroin yeah. addict, I think. It's pretty, so, pretty, pretty so. dark shit. Um, I want I want to say too about uh, the rape scenes. I don't love rape revenge. I I love the idea of rape revenge movies. I find them very difficult to watch. But what I really like about this movie is I don't think that it is. A lot of movies from that time really like. Uh, you were like, wait, is this pro or anti-rape? Like, you know, yeah. like the camera it would be really into the rape scene where you're just like, yuck. And I think that they do such a that uh, Frere does such a great job in this by. While it is an exploitation film, there, there's nothing that's like sexy about no. the rape scenes at all, no. and uh, it really, I think he is kind of aware of that when he's making the film, and it's more about her and her experience and her, you know, shifting and um, oh, fighting back, and I think that that's really important. And while uh, this might not be for, you know, anybody who has trouble watching rape scenes. I don't think that it's, I don't think it's offensive in the way that some other movies from that time period are, where you're like, why are you making this thing? Like yeah. the camera looks like it's enjoying it. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, no, I agree. There are a lot of like rape revenge movies that are just exploiting for shock, for shock value and shock value. It's definitely yeah. not yeah. shock value. No, because when yeah. I, I could compare that, like, I feel like, a movie I could compare this to is Taxi Driver because early on she's very sympathetic. You're like, this girl has snapped and she's not taking shit anymore. And any skeezy, sleazy, horrible men that are kind of creeping on women and just doing terrible things to people, she's going to kill. But as you watch the movie, you realize, you know, not all, there's a lot of innocent people too that mm -hmm. she's. She's kind of so fucked up in the head from what happened to her that she's just lost and doesn't know. And I, that's what I like about the movie. I agree. I think it does a great job of showing the ripples that uh, violence against women causes to society. How it's not just like a singular experience. So rape and domestic violence is a cultural problem. And I actually think it's like it does an incredible job of showing that. I think she remains sympathetic until the end, but it's so sad it's yeah. sad for everybody yeah that's kind of that's kind of what i think is what's that's what's great mm -hmm. about it it's by the end you're just kind of like mm -hmm. why like you know so years ago i composed music about this movie it's called and the song title is called i am always with you and and the whole point of it is is that trauma is always with you and that's kind of for me the gist of this movie at, is no matter what she was going to be haunted by this entire experience until the day she's dead. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I always looked at this film as just something that is just so, so terrible, like something so terrible can happen to somebody. And, e 
it doesn't even have to be something as extreme as this, but trauma does, I mean, I, I feel like things don't really ever go away. I think things just kind of become easier to deal with as you get older, as you get smarter, as you evolve as a, a human being. And that was always kind of the, you know, that was always the gist of this film to me. And, and it goes back to what you were saying, Luce, about how the movie doesn't like get off on it being this rape revenge movie. It's definitely about that. It's definitely about trauma and about dealing with it and how it fucks people up. And some people don't ever, you know, can never recover from it. So that's, I just wanted to give that, you know, I just wanted to give to say that about the film. I agree. And, and just to like, again, when it comes to this pick, I, I'm, I'm looking at it from like 2021 for a 2021 perspective and like the Halloween scene, which I'm about to get into. Um, it's kind of dated. So you can kind of chuckle at it and laugh a little bit like when watching it, because there is, there's a certain darkness to it, but at the same time, it's like 1981. <laughs> like, and you're like, all right, this, there's some, it's not supposed to be funny, but you can kind of look at it and be like, all right, this is kind of silly. Now, before I get into like, there's a specific scene. I love the way they shot it and the way it looks. Uh, I want to describe this Halloween party. And this is, this goes back to what I just said about stuff kind of being a little unintentionally funny. So first off, <laughs> there's this like 70s style jazz group performing like an instrumental <laughs> track the entire I time. I love it too. <laughs> it's super duper catchy and it goes on forever. <laughs> and and it, what's, what's great about it is it's the end credit song too. And keep in mind, this is like the last 10 minutes of the movie where this all happens. Yeah. So it's just funny how they were like, you know what? That song is fucking catchy. I'm going to use it as the end credit song. It's, it's a really good mood setter for that scene yeah. because it's such like a it's such like a freeform, noisy jazz track that's playing. Yeah. And, and it sets it up so perfectly. <laughs> and the band, they're like into it. Like they're playing their yeah. hard outs. They're fucking going in. And I love how there's like all these people dancing like super aggressively to the song too like they're just all in like these colorful costumes and i actually put together a little list of some of the costumes you see and they're just like there's this one dude dressed up as a hunchback and he's just like swinging his arms and he's fucking going crazy and i'm like that dude's having a fucking ball <laughs> like like he probably was having a great time on set and he was just right. he was just going in uh, just happy to be here. <laughs> he was just—he probably didn't get peace. Probably just an extra. They didn't pay him jack shit. He was just like, "Yo, I'm gonna dress up as this hunchback and fucking go in." So it is—it is when you're watching the movie, you can't help but chuckle, like when you this see his costume like from that. home. Yeah, he like brought it with him. <laughs> and some of the other costumes that are in that room, like some of the other people at the party, you have like a bride, you have like this like ghoul, a witch, a cowboy. But my favorite has got to be this one dude who's dressed up as Mr. Met, who's the the, yeah. Mets, the New York Mets I mascot. I was wondering about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you could tell it's like a homemade version of Mr. Met. And that's what I love about it. I also love, it's not really random because they are in New York. And, and in the 80s, the Mets were a huge team. They actually won the World Series a few years later. But I just love how there's just like this random dude dressed up as Mr. Met, like jamming <laughs> out to the music. And it's funny because when all like the chaos happens, he vanishes. I don't think you really see him. So I, guess, I was like, <laughs> Mr. Met knows where the door is. Mr. He Met got, got the fuck out of there. He, he the was like, I'm out of here, dude. Um, <laughs> but then there's also like some really great decorations. Like you see spiders and cobwebs and 
you see the uh, that classic skeleton that I think we all have or have. I feel like we've all had that just Absolutely. full body skeleton. Yeah, the jointed. Yes, yeah. and the owls and all that stuff. And, and I just love that. And the party itself just looks like an old school, like New York Halloween party. Uh, like I went to as a kid. Like it just feels mm-hmm. like in an apartment building, you know, People just, you know, minus the live band, because when I was growing up, it was like someone would just <laughs> like fancy. blast. Yeah, but that's someone like a would fancy just blast ass music. apartment. Yeah, it was supposed to be like this guy who, because I, I believe the party is, uh, it's uh, her boss's like loft. But still, just the, the whole setup of it being in an apartment, cramped, everyone's kind of just fucking having a great time drinking and hanging out. Yeah. And I just love that setup. So to get to the actual scene that i just i love like in this movie uh uh, thana who by the way is dressed as a nun (laughs) she kills her creepy boss and he like takes her to this like upstairs area in his apartment and he tries to like have his way with her and she shoots him and kills him because again miss 45 um she heads back downstairs to the party and this is where a massacre shooting begins and she just starts shooting all the people dancing and all the people at the party and everything is slowed down so like all the frantic people everything's in just slow motion i love it there's a strobe light going off and one of my favorite shots in this scene is her i believe she's about to shoot the like one of the guys in the band Slow motion, she raises her gun and she's standing in front of this huge spider web with like spiders and bats on it. And she's holding the gun out and she shoots the guy. And but yeah, the the, the whole sequence just has like a shit ton of Halloween atmosphere. And it's strange because the rest of the movie doesn't. Like you could you you'd never tell it takes place in October. Like even like being from the city, being from New York. You know, when you're in Manhattan and it's October, it doesn't always feel like Halloween. Like, it, it's kind of just concrete and, and, and you don't see fall leaves and you don't see that. Right. But there are buildings and establishments that do decorate. Definitely. But you don't see Absolutely. any of that in the movie. <laughs> so, I just love how it was, uh, like, Abel Ferreira chose to just have a Halloween party at the end and that the final scene... In the film, and I don't want to get into how it ends exactly because I, I don't want to spoil it. Um, but t- to end the movie at a Halloween party and her dressed up as a nun and just this massacre that unfolds. And going back to what we, we just talked about, how you feel sympathetic for her, sympathetic for her. But at the same time, at this point, you're just kind of like, she's lost it. Like, yeah. she's completely exactly lost it. Well, the slow motion really makes you see each death. Where there's a, a lot of movies with that kind of a chaotic scene, you would see really quick edits and really sped up, and the, the director would kind of lean into the chaos. But Ferreira's choice to slow it down makes you see each person get shot, which I think is really challenging to watch and I think it's really sad and even just watching the clip of it instead of the whole movie today I was like oh just this scene on its own is and it's it's not super gory or anything but the slowness it's so tr- it's so tragic and you really see each person die and you're just like yeah <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty brutal it's a brutal yeah scene. and and speaking of like the intimacy of watching each person get shot 
there's that that one final one that sticks out to me is the guy that's I guess dressed as like a bride or something, and they're just staring at each oh. other, and it's it's prolonged. Oh. And these are all innocent people, by the way. Like right, yes. so you think like there's a glimpse, oh maybe she's not going to shoot him, and he has that kind of like look on his face, like you know, like you're really going to shoot me? I'm not even doing anything. And then right, and a she bride does. is like innocence, white, right? right? Like the white dress and like there's like a pure virginity thing to it. One hundred percent. And again, like again, it's it's really dark, but I just think they nailed what a Halloween party looked like, looked oh, and felt sure. like, you know, in New York in the eighties. Like that's Especially what the they 80s. looked like, and that's and that's mostly what I'm focusing on. I'm not really focusing on the fucking brutality of what she's no. doing because it is twisted and just kind of like. Again, looking at it from a... I almost changed my pick because of recent events, but I was like, you know, shootings and things like that are relevant now. And it's sad always to think relevant that... Yeah, like it's society. just... Yeah, always. You're right. And it's just sad, you know, again, watching it and to see that, like, these people were just having a good time. And in the middle of a Halloween party and this crazy shit happens. And, you know, it's, it's dark, but, but again... You can chuckle here and there because there are elements of this Halloween party. Oh yeah, it's, that it's are a product, pretty, and also the movie silly. is a product of its time. Yes, so one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Now let me let me ask you two a question. Would you? Because this gets lumped into a horror movie category all the time. Would you say this is a horror movie? Nah, no it's an exploitation movie. I don't. It's, I completely agree. Yeah. It is not a horror movie. It's a rape revenge movie and it's an exploitation movie. It's very specific. I don't I think people get the repulsion of horror sort of tied up with the upsettingness of extreme violence. And I don't think that all violent movies are naturally horrific because horror has to have a repulsion level that comes from deeper than just like this is terrible. You know, I mean how many dramas have that kind of thing? I don't think I don't think anytime that there's a mass shooting in a movie that it's a horror movie. It's a horrific but there has to be a supernatural element, I think, elite, or something not supernatural necessarily, but something outside of our current reality. I agree. This yeah, is not, it. yeah. not a horror film at all. This yeah, is. I don't think so either. I was just I, I it's horrific. But yeah, it's, it's, if this is, it's it's horrific. Yeah, but it's not. I I could lump this up with like I spit on your grave or yeah. like thriller. That's kind of, and even those movies, like a movie like Thriller, they called her one eye a little thriller more. Thriller is even worse to watch. Yeah, Thriller is even worse. But I feel like that one exploits other stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like this is this is a little more tasteful in its execution. Yeah, I but think yeah. that Ferreira is really thoughtful in this movie. Yeah. Like it doesn't feel like cheap thrills to no. me at all. No, I think at all. all of it's I very agree. intentional. Uh, but I want to say about the Halloween scene. One thing you didn't mention that I'm obsessed with and I really liked when I was watching the la- the final scene again is there is an incredible display of streamers at this yes. party. Like <laughs> yes. I don't know how many of you have used um, Halloween streamers at parties before. They are so difficult to work with. Yes. It is not an easy decor choice. <laughs> and in movies, they always have them like perfectly taut. Yeah. You know, in the black and orange, like wrapped together and like from floor to ceiling. I have tried that before and lost my damn mind. So the set deck, I mean, they did a great job. It's floor to ceiling streamers. And like, there's no corner of that Halloween party that doesn't have something Halloweeny, which is just like very pleasing again. Like, yes, the things that are happening are horrific. If we focus on the Halloween aspect of it, though, man, successful. Like I wanted to be there, but before the shooting happened, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah. I would go yes. to this party too, but I would leave with Mr. Met. 
you know. <laughs> F- yeah, funny thing call. you mentioned about the uh, the decorations and like just the set decoration. Like, uh, funny thing with me is like I have uh, in my first feature, it ends well towards the end. There's a Halloween party, and the streamers themselves, we bought a bunch <laughs> and decided not to use them because. We were like, where the fuck are we going to put these? <laughs> They're a pain in the ass to put up. They tear. You can't just put them up with tape. They're gonna, they tear. They fall. So I remember, like, at the end of the night, we were there for, like, 12 hours. <laughs> of course. And we were done shooting. And we're taking the decorations down. I think I had them all in a bag. I remember sticking all the, like, cutout ones. And I had, like, skulls and things, like, and bats. And shoving them in a bag. And then realizing, like, oh, yeah, I had all these streamers. I forgot, like, 12 hours ago we didn't put them up. And I think I still have them packaged in a box somewhere because I was, like, we just didn't want to, like, deal with, like, the pain in the ass of putting them all up on the set. It was – I agree with you. They're they're cool looking, and in this movie they did a great job with them. But in reality, big pain in the ass. <laughs> No, there's so many things you when you watch Halloween movies where they have parties where you're like, that's not a thing. People people don't decorate like that. Like there's just like as Halloween people, where you're like, it's much harder to execute this type of thing. <laughs> and I love decorating, but like I also have a bunch of streamers that I bought for a party years ago that I got so furious at when I was trying to put them up that they just live in the bottom of my Halloween <laughs> box now. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, someday maybe I'll use these for something, but they feel bad on the hands too. It's a bad touch. Yeah. It's like weirdly <laughs> sticky and dry, which yeah. I don't understand how you do that, but it's gross. <laughs> it's like a super rough toilet paper. Like, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's orange and black. <laughs> and like, all you've got going, going for you is the color, and it's not enough. <laughs> Are you deaf? Man, I'm the deafest brother on this block. You're deaf. That's right. I think Blade Brown is the biggest asshole on the planet. <laughs> oh. Hey. You're not deaf, man. If you don't stop dissing me, I'm going to kick you in your mouth. My pick, and it's a little more lighthearted than Louie's, is, <laughs> <Sorry, class, guys. laughs> is Class Act from 1992, directed by Randall Miller. And, it's, and I didn't know this. It's a retelling of Mark Twain's story, The Prince and the Pauper. So I did not know that. That was interesting. It was an interesting little little thing I saw on the internet. So uh, there you go. <laughs> um, it stars hip hop duo Kid and Play, Karen Parsons from Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Dougie Doug, and Thomas Michael Ford, aka Tommy from Martin. And now I just have to say this: Tommy plays a drug dealer in this movie, yeah. like a really like like crappy goon, and. I, <laughs> Ever since I was a kid, I always like, because I watch Martin all the time. So I'm just yeah, like, yo, too. he's such a fucking asshole in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like he's nothing like his character in Martin. So I was always like, yo, Tommy's a fucking, Tommy's an asshole. <laughs> but he was just Tommy to you, no matter what the role was. It was just, Absolutely, that's Tommy. He's an asshole. <laughs> oh man. So all right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna break this down for everybody. So. Duncan Penderhughes is ready to graduate high school and move on to Hafford University, which is obviously a play on Harvard University. But despite having a 4.0 GPA, he needs to pass physical education to be accepted. Then comes ex-con Michael Blade Brown, Blade Brown, 
Don't they in in the movie? Don't they always like put that in there? Blade Brown. Blade Brown. Yeah. <laughs> Along comes Michael Blade Brown, who has been recently released from jail and must follow parole orders to graduate from high school. A mix-up occurs where Blade and Duncan's photos get swapped on their school records, and Blade ends up in gifted classes, and Duncan in less paid attention to classes with, air quotations, bad kids. The two come to an agreement where Duncan will pass the classes for Blade, and Blade will teach him how to be less geeky. That's that's my interpretation of it. <laughs> um, and I wrote in parentheses, LOLs, with a Z. Um, <laughs> we're introduced to our boy Tommy, aka... <laughs> Actually, his name, it, obviously, he's not, it's not Tommy. It's know. not Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> if his name um, is just Tommy in every movie. <laughs> we're, we're introduced to a jerk named Wedge, who gets jealous of Duncan, really Blade, and tells the local drug dealer slash jerk, this creates a beef and all kinds of hijinks occur, especially in a wax museum. Dun, dun, dun. I just want to say I've always loved the name Duncan Pender Hughes. Absolutely. <laughs> I think Absolutely. I think I don't know if you remember this, Dave. They called Pender Puss. We were just texting each other, and I just randomly texted you Duncan Pender Hughes for no reason because I was yeah. watching Class Act. This it's was amazing. Like years ago. It's amazing. I just always liked that name, Duncan Pender Hughes. It's great. And he loves and the I love shop Blade at Brown Sears, too. right? Or something like that. Yeah. Is it Sears? Like, this is the. I remember there's a scene where I think Blade Brown's making fun of his wardrobe and he's like, this is like on like the rack at Sears or something. I forget. <laughs> it's just. It's great. The characters in this movie are amazing. They're just great. It's great. I love them. So, in particular, this wax museum scene, Mink has had it with Wedge. And Mink is about to kill Wedge when Wedge tells him Blade is stealing his money and Mink decides to go find Blade. They find them and they chase them into what appears to be a shutdown wax museum. Throughout this sequence, Wedge and Mink keep mistaking all the wax characters as the wrong people and they both do it interchangeably. So, like, they see, um... They see the host of Jeopardy and he, and he says, Oh no, that's, that's not so-and-so, that's, uh... Who's the guy that hosts um, Wheel of Fortune? Pat Sajak. Pat Sajak. Oh, Wheel of Fortune. He's like, it's it's Pat Sajak. Pat Sajak. I've been waiting for my moment. (laughs) He sees someone, he's like, it's Willie... <laughs> He's like, oh, there, he goes, oh, that's that's uh, that's Willie Nelson. He goes, that's not Willie Nelson. That's Colonel Sanders, and it's not either one of them. It's, it's, so they do it throughout the entire scene. So they like just keep messing up these people, all these all these whack characters, uh, all these um these these whack museum characters. So. In this, in this particular scene, there is a, what appears to be a haunted house looking uh, themed part of the wax museum. And now what goes hand in hand with Halloween? Haunted, haunted houses. houses. <laughs> a haunted house. There you go. So that's why this is my choice. So this scene has always stuck with me as a kid and technically not Halloween it 1000% reminds you of Halloween when you watch this. I agree. So you have you have all these characters running through this scene like a Scooby-Doo episode. Like they're all scared, <laughs> they're all screaming, they're all, you know, and and the ambience itself really is like it could fill up a Halloween night instantly. It's it, it's mm-hmm. really portrayed really well in this film. And I mean, you have everything from 
zombies with oozing eyes to hunchbacks to moving gravestones i mean the whole thing is as a haunted house i would walk through so i mean like i was like yeah this is and it's always stuck with me like i don't know i i don't know if any of you guys can answer this but this was always on tv like it was always on and anytime it was on i would watch this like class acts on i'm watching it so <laughs> it was always playing on hbo i remember as a kid yeah, it was always on hbo and that's how i i remember seeing i was like maybe like six or seven when i watched it and just like you i just it was like one of those movies like that and just one of the guys was oh. always on i always remember growing on. up when i was a kid always on. <laughs> i wonder if that's how i missed yeah. it because i never i didn't have cable as a kid so it's like if it's not on like the big four then i'm not seeing it and I, mean, I never, I never heard of this movie. I can't believe I missed out on it. Sounds that's amazing. Fair. Oh, it's 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 so worth your time. I promise you. Um, I love the clip that you sent, and I agree the atmosphere. So, and another another favorite part of this scene for me is there's this very interesting take on Jason Voorhees uh, slash Michael Myers <laughs> hybrid statue that is just stabbing itself in the head repeatedly, and everybody that walks by it gets scared. But I actually thought it looked a lot like the Splatterhouse guy too, uh, the video game. The, the design of that of that wax figure it's is awesome. so odd. I, I remember it, it's awesome looking. But as a kid, I remember first things first. Why does Jason have long hair? He has That's like what long I'm saying. Hair. Like they probably had to create this hybrid of two, you know, like two horror yeah. icons. Yeah, they don't have the that, rights. Right. Exactly. Why is he stabbing himself in the head? He's got like one hand on his belly, and then he's just stabbing <laughs> you himself. Know, it the, might be an actor. I was looking at it because I was it watching it. I'm like, like it, it yeah. might actually be an actor doing that, which yeah. is still fine with me. But um, yeah, it, no, it looks it it looks creepy. And I remember as a kid yeah. being like, not scared of it, but like freaked out. Like well, that doesn't look like Jason, but it's supposed to be Jason. Right. What the fuck is it? Because when you're a kid, you don't know because, what the hell you're watching. Because, so you're just like, <laughs> because it's I know hockey like, mask mean Jason. Right. Because it's it's wearing like the Clark Griswold version of yes. the Jason yeah. mask, like the hockey mask. <laughs> It's like got a real hair. hockey mask. Right. But then it's wearing a jumpsuit like Michael Myers. So that's why I'm calling it a hybrid. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like literally like both characters. But then it also looks Jason like Jason Myers. That's so funny. <laughs> it reminds me of like the unlicensed characters of um, that are like along Hollywood Boulevard. Where it's like you're wearing a costume and you're supposed to be SpongeBob. But it's like an unlicensed costume. So like, <laughs> like a, the eyes are like... small and they're close together. You're like Sponge Dave. It's great. You're just like, oh. It's disturbing because it's not the real thing. So your brain wants it to be real, like but that. it's not. So you're like wandered into a parallel universe where like this is the serial killer that's famous. It makes it scarier in a way. Close enough, <laughs> close enough not to get sued. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> so again, th this this scene has always stuck out to me. Um, the, and, and not just the Halloween part, but the entire wax museum scene. It's very out of nowhere, especially in this movie. Like it, it really does come out of nowhere. But um, and also it looks like it's abandoned on the street when they walk into it because there's graffiti all over the doors and on the walls. So it like it doesn't quite make sense. But maybe the person that you know, maybe the, you know the the guy that directed this movie, like loved Halloween. So he's like, let me put something in there that shows my love for Halloween. But but I feel this scene it, it really does remind always did remind me of Halloween. So that's why I felt it was fair that I could. <laughs> I felt it was fair to use this as an example. So. <laughs> As a kid, it was always my favorite scene from the movie. Like, I love, oh, as, as an adult now, watching it back, I love the movie. Like, I love the whole movie, and I get all the jokes now, because as a kid, there's certain jokes you don't understand. 
But oh, I yeah. remember always <laughs> loving this scene with all the monsters and the Jason. And again, going back to that, that fake bootleg Jason, I love that they're like sitting next to him while he's killing himself and they just look over to him like what the fuck like they're just but everybody confused. gets scared that's the funny yeah. part everyone that gets goes by gets is afraid of it <laughs> it is a great scene and, it, and it's a great movie honestly it's probably like i love uh, uh house party but i honestly think class act is like toe-to-toe like they're both just great fun movies Class Act is a movie I can confidently place in a list of others that always that was always on TV. Like for instance, like you were saying, this was always on. Um, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Next Generation with Matthew McConaughey was always on. Like these movies, like there was always like this little list of films that was always playing, and I would always watch them. So, you know, the movie is full of quotables. And I, I, I'm, I'm hoping my butt over here, Lou, is gonna play, uh, is gonna put some of those quotables in this, uh, in this episode. You know I will. <laughs> you know I will. <laughs> and if there was, like, truly, if there was ever a movie that defined the '90s, this is certainly one of them. That actually reminds me, um, of something I didn't say with Ed Wood that I love is there's a scene where they're in a spook house, is what they called it at the time, but like a dark house, uh, you know, a horror. Uh, haunted ride which I absolutely loved when I was a kid at like the county fair was like very big in my town and like the state fair and so I loved those scary like you jump in them and it takes you through the different rooms and like stuff jumps out at you and I really enjoyed watching that scene from class act because I was just like oh this is like that <laughs> other great scene in Ed Wood yeah. and it's so there's Same just reason. something about yeah. yeah like those haunted the wax museums the like scary part of a wax museum a haunted house the the dark rides they're also nostalgic because like sometimes you know haunted houses now you can go to ones that are really fucked up mm-hmm. but like i i kind of like the ones that are like boo ah oh, they're same. like medium scary because i'm like i'm not trying to have like a traumatic experience as much as i just want to be like lightly surprised so i love the like gentle scares of like a wax museum or uh, a dark ride and i think that even that scene in, in Ed Wood has a Halloween element to it because you're seeing like ghosts and skeletons and witches. And it's an interesting scene, too, because he's revealing that he likes to cross dress to yes. the new woman that he's dating. And so there's some kind of cool like like, um, you know, I don't know how I'm trying to think of how to say it, but like you know you're hiding something inside of you and you're scared to say it and he's in this spook house and it's like he just wants to be himself so there's a lot of interesting like symbolism going yeah. on in that it's scene as well i think scene. is fun yeah, yeah. It's, it's a yeah, very it's, dynamic it's really scene. dynamic yeah definitely so i love that both of our films have that going for it <laughs> right because it's 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 not exactly halloween but it's stuff that goes hand in hand with halloween and to me that was just as good so exactly and, and and i i completely agree with you on the haunted houses that are like silly and like not you know like on the pg-13 level of scare because those are fun <laughs> like when you get yeah. to these mm-hmm. stupid you know these these x-rated things where people are throwing up on you and cutting you and yeah like, I know. <laughs> no <laughs> thank <Why>? you <laughs> i'm good i know like have the people going to these never had a bad thing happen to them because like i don't just living as a woman is like scary enough like i don't need to be alone in a dark room thinking a man might attack me like i'm yeah, already scared of it's, that it's yeah, ridiculous. i'll never <laughs> like, understand the uh, extreme haunt culture but I, i'm sure hey, we're gonna cover that at some point oh yeah, yeah. not here to judge it i just <laughs> 
It's just no, no, not you, for me, and yeah, I don't absolutely. understand it, if that makes sense. <laughs> no, I, I don't think a lot of people can. You're not going to believe the first picture I ever saw. It was your friend, Dracula. Oh, that's incredible. That's the first picture I ever saw. That is incredible. You know, I had to sleep with the lights on for a week. I had to sleep with the lights on for a month, but I never missed a Lugosi picture after that. A few years ago, I actually saw him do Dracula live. It was much scarier in person. Oh, we're stuck. So that was some of our favorite Halloween scenes from non-Halloween movies. Uh, Luce, thank you so much for being on. Where can people find you? Oh my goodness, thank you for having me. This was so much fun. I never wanted to stop talking about this. Um, everybody can find me on Twitter and Instagram at LTB Comedy, Luce Tomlin Brenner, LTB Comedy. Um, and then you can follow the podcast on Instagram at It's Always Halloween. I also have a Patreon where I do movie nights with people. We do uh, show movies and I discuss the film. And I also release um, ghost stories with original soundscape behind them. So that's all on Patreon. Patreon.com slash It's Always Halloween for extra goodies. And you guys, I didn't even talk about this, but I'm about to start a new film. It's called Surprise. And I'm going to be in pre-production. I'm in pre-production now and I'm going to be producing it this summer. Really excited about it. So everybody keep your eyes on that. I'm going to be um, announcing the fundraiser in a few weeks. So I'm really pumped. If you love dark comedies where a lot of people get murdered, then check out my next film, Surprise. <laughs> and be sure to subscribe and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Haunted Hangover. And if you can rate and review us, that'd be greatly appreciated. And remember, the best cure for a hangover is... More, more booze. booze. Later, guys. <laughs> <laughs>